Welcome to Ideas Into Reality, a podcast to inspire everyone to take action to turn their ideas into reality. No matter what experience they have, where they live, or who they think they are right now. Each week, we introduce you to a founder that has taken their tiny flicker of an idea and done what it takes to bring it to reality. We also take a few minutes to dig into the how of some of the key lessons those founders have learned on their journey so that you can feel more confident in what to actually do as you start to take action on your idea. Ideas into Reality is hosted and produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba. So we'll be talking to founders from our local community here in regional Queensland, as well as some of the interesting folk that we have met during our travels around the globe. As you heard, Ideas Into Reality is produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking, a not-for-profit, member-based association. We're a community of entrepreneurs, freelancers, business owners, and collaborative, community-focused individuals who want to be part of a supportive and connected ecosystem. Our members are why we exist, and each member brings unique value, experience, and character to our community. You can see who our members are on our website. Just head to canvascoworking.com.au forward slash members. We help our members access a variety of goods and services to grow scalable and sustainable businesses, such as discounts with Amazon, Stripe and HubSpot. We offer several membership options to suit the needs, budget and interests of our diverse community, with community membership starting at just $10 a month. I'm excited to introduce you to Ellen Ronalds Keane in this, our first episode of Ideas Into Reality. Ellen has been an integral part of our Canvas co-working community as both an active member, co-worker, program participant, and until recently, our association secretary. As the founder of Self-Care for Teachers and the host of the Teacher Wellbeing podcast, Ellen understands the value of community and the importance of individuals contributing to make the whole stronger. This podcast itself has become a reality thanks to Ellen giving her time and energy to create and facilitate the Start Your Own Podcast course that I participated in during the last couple of months. Her story includes plenty of twists and learnings that I'm sure you'll benefit from as she shares her hindsight reflections. So thanks, Ellen, for joining us today. I'm really excited to have this opportunity to go through this process with you and share all of what you've been through with our listeners as well. And as I've mentioned before, Ellen has been instrumental in getting this podcast up and running. So really, really glad that she's also willing to be a guest for us. So Ellen, today we want to find out your journey from idea to reality. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about what was happening in your life when you first got this idea? Yeah, thanks, Joy. Thanks for having me. Um, So it was July 2015. um, And at that time, you know, what was happening in general in my life is I was a a high school teacher with um, some chronic health conditions. uh, And I'd already moved to, you know, part time teaching. um, And I was studying coaching on the side because I I wasn't necessarily looking to start my own business but I knew that classroom teaching 
was not a long-term option for me because of my health. Um, so I was just exploring some other options. And when I actually got the idea for self-care for teachers, I was on my honeymoon in Iceland. Um, and so it was July, 2015. I was actually standing between two tectonic plates in the Thingvella National Park. Uh, and I just remember typing, you know, I pulled my phone out and, um, you know, open the notes app. And I just remember putting a whole bunch of notes down while I think my husband was going off to find out about scuba diving between tectonic plates, which we didn't end up doing. But um, I, I had this sort of, I suppose, a, a moment to myself in a pretty amazing uh, landscape. And it was the first time I remember, you know, it was the first time I'd had a real proper holiday. Um in a long time and even though teachers get a lot of school holidays there's always a lot of school work to do so um, it was really the first time in probably about five years that I'd felt some serious downtime and real I suppose perspective on my you know at the time my teaching career um, and I was really um, hyper aware of my own health problems but I was also starting to notice some patterns and things in in um in the health other health challenges that I could see other teachers were having so I yeah that's that's where I was literally in the world and um it was it was I suppose a culmination of what was going on for me personally and and then looking around professionally and thinking somebody should do something about this and then there was this little voice in me that said well you're somebody (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible what can happen when we put ourselves in an environment that's not the ordinary one and obviously Iceland is Pretty spectacular. Not that I've been yeah. there yet, but <laughs> I highly um, recommend it when when the world opens up again. Definitely, yeah, that's right. So, so having that clarity, I guess, and that time to think and and yeah, reflect is obviously really important. So, you had these ideas. You made some notes in your in your phone. What steps then did you take to actually get started on taking it from just being an idea to being something? Mm, yeah and because the idea initially wasn't even necessarily a business it was just kind of various aspects that I thought could be solved and and, and different ways to communicate with teachers and touch base and stuff and um, so I started a Facebook group when I got you know probably a month later when we got home from our honeymoon Um, I started a Facebook group which is now archived but that was really the start Um, and just invited all my teacher friends and they started inviting their teacher friends and started sharing content in that Facebook group um, and that sort of just continued. So that was 2015. I, I actually set up the website, um, selfcareforteachers.com.au and started blogging in, in 2016. And I was still teaching at the time and, and, and doing some pro bono coaching to finish off my coaching qualifications and, you know, get my experience up and that sort of thing. Um, so it was really, it still wasn't, um, it was still very part-time, I suppose. It was still a side gig and I was working and, and commuting two hours a day at the time and studying. So uh, there, there wasn't a huge amount of spare time. And I was doing lots and lots of learning, uh, you know, about how to set things up online, how to start an online business and that sort of thing. But I can now see sort of in hindsight that those are kind of online business courses run by marketers, um, not necessarily about business foundations. So I thought I was starting a business, but really what I was doing was setting up online platforms. Um, like I said, the blog and, and the website and, and the Facebook group and the social media and that sort of thing and putting together an email uh, sequence for people who signed up for the three, free thing and that, that, that kind of standard digital marketing stuff. And that grounding in digital marketing has served me really well, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, I guess I didn't know what my gaps were in terms of validating a business uh, and yeah, and then I, I had plans um, 
to take a year's unpaid leave. So you're allowed to do that when you work for the state government. It's uh, one of the perks is you can take a year's leave and still have a job for you at the end of it. Um, it's unpaid, like I said. Uh, so I, that began at the beginning of 2017. Um, and within six months, I had uh, actually resigned my position um, because I had such dramatic health improvements from no longer being involved, I suppose, in the in the daily grind of teaching. So it was very clear that um, something else was needed. But that 2017 was really the, I suppose, the year that I had plans to write, well, this is going to be a business and it's going to support me um, instead of my old teaching career. And uh, yeah, things didn't quite go to plan, but that was the plan. Now, those were the first steps that I took. I started a Facebook group and then set up the blog and the website uh, and went from there. Excellent. And it's actually quite interesting because we hear a lot of people take that path, but then other people just go down the path of, I'm going to build this thing. And then it's like, oh, where's your community? Like, where are the people who want what you have? So it's always interesting for me to hear which way people go about it. But the community building side first is often the fun part, um, Mm. depending on what you like doing as well. So um, yeah, so good. And good that you've recognised now as well that it was probably marketing rather than business that you were Mm. learning. Um, So obviously that was just one of the things maybe that you you learnt along that way as you started to get going with starting to think about it as a business and taking those steps. What's your road to reality actually involved? What's mm. what else has happened? Yeah, there's been some potholes. Um, so yeah, I left teaching uh, at the beginning. Well, I, I was on leave at the beginning of 2017 and had resigned um, within a few months of that. Um, and then I started the Teacher Wellbeing podcast in February 2017 as well, which was really instrumental really in my journey for self-care for teachers. Um, so, yeah, I suppose on that topic of validating, I definitely validated the need within the community that there was a gap, uh, you know, in the, in the teacher wellbeing space that needed to be filled. And I had built a, a following. Um, it was small at the time, but it was there and there was community building. But I hadn't actually validated yeah, the business model, basically. So there was very little revenue. <laughs> it was sort of dribs and drabs, um, but it was not consistent at all. Uh, and there were a lot of uh, expenses eating up my savings. Uh, so I had a lot of skills, though, that I had learned. I mean, I had a lot of skills anyway, because teachers are, have a lot of skills that they have to do just to put together curriculum and things for the classroom. And then because I'd been a music teacher and then gone and learned how to uh, do podcasts, I had um, some podcasting skills that uh, many people kept asking me about. So I began freelancing um, in podcast production and um, digital marketing because I had, like I said, had that grounding. And really it was just supposed to be a stopgap. It was just supposed to be, I'll do a little bit of VA work, you know, to to keep some money coming in while I'm working on self-care for teachers. But um, it took off. (laughs) And so I accidentally started a second business uh, the complete opposite way with, with absolutely no following no community no I didn't have a name or anything it's now called Perk Digital but for for a good 18 months there I was it was just freelance work and it was completely um, word of mouth uh, which is wonderful because it meant that there was a real there was definitely a need and people were definitely paying me money for the service that I was offering and I really do enjoy that work as well Uh, so and because that work was often behind the scenes in other people's businesses I learned so much of the about the gaps that I had not realised were there in my own business model um, for self-care for teachers. And, of course, I was also at this time hanging out at Canvas a fair bit and, and uh, learning a little bit more about the startup space and, and the, 
you know, the various ideation, validation kind of processes uh, that Canvas teaches. Um, so it was it was really good to, I suppose, combine all of that. And then uh, in probably the beginning of 2019 uh, was when I started because I, I did that sort of freelance work while still running um, self-care for teachers and doing a teacher wellbeing podcast uh, for probably two years before I really started to feel like, oh, now I've got, now I kind of know what I'm doing here with the actual business model side of things, not just the community building and the content and all of that, which was going very well. Um, and, you know, I'm up to the, the sixth, sixth season of the Teacher Wellbeing podcast um, by the time this episode airs. And, um, yeah, well over 30,000 downloads and, you know, just a, a growing community that um, has been really rewarding to build. But, you know, you can't eat the good feelings of re feeling rewarded from the community building side of things. You do still need to make some money if you're going to be in business. So uh, the Perk Digital work has definitely fulfilled that. And it's also, yeah, the, the, the payoff has been being able to then apply what I've learned there uh, and in in the work that I was doing behind the scenes on other people's businesses, apply that to self-care for teachers. And now, now I really feel like this year I'm like, okay, now the pieces of the puzzle are starting to fall into place, which is nice. It sure is nice. And it's nice to watch it as well, having <laughs> um, had you involved in our community now or as an integral part of our community now for a couple of years, um, seeing that evolution and seeing the, you know, the realisation as different things do all into place which is mm. exactly yeah what what happens and and it happens for most people sometimes people recognize it as that and other times they go oh finally it works and it's like well mm. actually finally you're doing that step that maybe you'd not even thought about before but now you know it exists and you can do it and exactly. and it's happening so that's good so obviously there's probably lots of things that have happened throughout the last few years that you're proud of, but what are some of those moments that really stand out for you as going, you know what, this is this is good, I've done this? Mm. I mean, the Teacher Wellbeing podcast is probably my number one because it is the thing that, you know, I'm certain that that has made the biggest impact on a large scale um, to, to the mission behind self-care for teachers, which is, you know, to support teachers with their health and wellbeing. Uh, and prevent teacher burnout, and I know, and I know it's made a difference. Um, and and even before self care for teachers was really making much money, it was still making a difference. So I was still fulfilling that mission with that podcast. So I'm and very much also grateful that I did that because that that, that really was then the catalyst for the the other business, which also made money, <laughs> which is good because you know keeps a roof over my head. Um, individually, I, I do find coaching teachers really rewarding, um, but of course, that's not uh, that's time consuming. It's, it requires my one on one energy. It's not as scalable as a podcast, um, and it's a much narrower target market, which I now realise. Like the podcast is for all teachers, but my coaching is not. So I've really gotten to know my customer um, over the years, and and um, so I do feel very proud of that one on one work. I also uh, feel especially proud of being independent as a voice for teachers because uh you know that allows me to speak to the media and I've had uh, had a few media opportunities uh particularly in the last 18 months um, a couple of ABC radio you know interviews and and um being quoted in uh, ABC life section on the website and that sort of thing when they were you know investigating teacher well-being related topics so I'm really proud of that and I'm really uh really wanting to be an advocate for teachers and I'm really proud of being able to be independent because when you do work for the government or um, one of the large, you know, school systems, uh, 
generally you're not allowed to speak to the media um so i'm i'm very proud of being independent and determined to stay independent so that i can continue to be that voice um and there you know this year that's um definitely been even more important uh so i ran a, a five-day workshop on well-being and resilience for teachers in in january of, of this year so 2020 which was really well received um and at the time we were you know going back to school in the aftermath of the bushfires which was i suppose <laughs> at the time we thought it was the going to be the worst thing that happened this year and then COVID 19 has a, arrived on our shores as well so um it's I, i'm really proud i guess that i'm have done all this work over the last five years to build that community, build the trust with my community and um, find myself now really well placed to actually respond to the challenges that are that are showing up um, and I'm sure will continue to show up uh, throughout the years to come um, in able to, being able to support teachers through the challenging things that are affecting their work and their life. Um, and I'm proud of myself for not giving up because, you know, that was definitely an option a few times when... Uh, it seemed like things weren't adding up financially and um, yeah, I'm glad that I stuck with it. And so are we. That's good. <laughs> and it's, it is, it's really important, I think, to recognise the fact that it is a conscious choice to continue mm. when things are challenging and that you have to weigh up um, you know, why you're doing something and how mm. important it is to you. And obviously we know that self-care for teachers and, you know, the podcast by extension, but providing that avenue and that voice is really important for you. So mm. that mm. comes through in everything that you do. Mm. So you're on a journey just like those who listen and involve, you're involved with as, as clients who are on their journey through, you know, developing themselves with the coaching work that you're doing with them. Mm. So for yourself, what's the next step for you? What is it that you want to achieve next? It's mm. a good question because um, I'm sort of at an awkward phase of the organisational life cycle um, in, in both businesses really where I'm actually kind of now the bottleneck, like it's pretty much been just me. I have a part-time assistant um, with Perk Digital. but um, So I'm really looking at getting a, a growing uh, self-care for teachers in particular, but, but I, I'm very aware now that I actually can't do that by myself. I'm kind of at capacity. Um, so I need to get some more support, you know, like outsource some of the administrative tasks and that sort of thing. Um, but the revenue it still isn't quite there yet to probably do that at the level that I want. So that's a bit of a juggle and it's it's sort of starting slowly and, and um, you know, increasing over time as things grow. Uh, so I have a lot of ideas and a lot more resources in development, um, but yeah, it's just getting them out of my head and into a format that others can consume, and, and making sure that all the thing, all the website and all the other apps and things kind of talk to each other properly, and, and make sure that links work and that sort of thing. So um, I mean, in in the short term, season six of the podcast is uh, on the way, and um, crowdfunding that, and then after that, hopefully, I have half a book, so I need to finish that. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and then just continue to, I suppose, support teachers and, and grow my community even further. Um, and and um, I have a group program. It's called the Resilient Teacher Coaching Program. So that's the, the group version, I suppose, of my coaching, um, which has primarily been one-on-one -on -one until now. And I still do one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I'd really like to grow that group program. So I'm going to run a couple more rounds of that because that is, the, I suppose, a more scalable option for me. It's a way to reach more teachers um, in the same amount of time, basically. 
Yeah. And scaling any business can be really challenging, but particularly Mm. when it's something that you're so passionate about yourself, obviously allowing someone else to come in and help you with that can, you know, having to find someone who's the right fit that shares values that you have can, can be challenging. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's definitely the case with self-care for teachers because it is, it is really a mission driven business. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it is definitely important that whoever joins my team uh, is aligned to the values of the business um, because it is because of those values that I didn't quit uh, when maybe things uh, financially weren't quite making sense on paper. And, and if those values and that mission wasn't there, it wouldn't have made sense to keep going. Um, so, yeah, that, that's definitely a, a, a big consideration for me. And I, but I'm also, I think the one thing that I've learned is that it, you know, it doesn't have to happen overnight. The, this, the point that I'm at now with self-care for teachers, I certainly didn't expect it to take five years. But now that it has, I'm like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay, okay with slow, steady growth and I, and I feel much more comfortable with just being patient and letting things unfold, um, you know, step by step. And if that takes time, that takes time. That's fine. I've got time. Awesome. That actually is a really great point and probably something that leads me into my next question is, you know, if someone shares with you that they've got an idea of something they want to work on, what would you want them to know before they start? Yeah, definitely that it will probably take a lot longer than you expect Um, uh, and that that's okay. Uh, Like, you know, you're not doing anything wrong if it doesn't seem to have all fallen into place Um, and that oftentimes the overnight successes that you hear about on, you know, social media and stuff, it actually took those people 10 years. They just haven't told you about the background. Uh, And and that would be the other piece of advice that I would have um, is that, you know, there, there can be a lot in the online space in particular about this kind of jump off the cliff, go hundred percent, you know, quit your job and, and put your everything into whatever it is that you're trying to start. And if you're not doing it full time, if you haven't committed hundred percent and quit your job and, and moved to some, you know, overseas location where you can be a digital nomad or whatever, then you're not, you're not committed enough. Um, and I would say, ignore that. Uh, if, if that's what you want to do and if you have the risk tolerance for that, great. Um, but I, I, my advice would actually be ignore that advice. Uh, you can do it slowly. You can do it as a side hustle. And uh, if you are very, I suppose, determined uh, and patient and you validate, 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 do a program like Startup on Ramp or even Startup Weekends, um, you know, to, just to help learning that, that, that process of validating your business model. Take your time, listen to your community, pivot. Uh, you know, I've certainly done that. Like I said, I've, I've sort of figured out who my actual customer is and it's not all teachers and that's from listening. Um, and, yeah, so I would say ignore the advice that says you have to be, you know, quitting your job and doing it 100% and uh, making dramatic life change and, and uh, you don't have to approach it that way. You can actually do it slowly and sustainably uh, and that probably will mean that if it doesn't work out, you won't lose everything. And if it does work out, you'll be in a much better place to, um, to you know, keep going and actually enjoy the journey as well. Great. But, yeah, we want to do stuff that we enjoy and we know it's having an impact, but we don't want to burn out in the process no. either. So, yeah, definitely important. Yeah. And yes, thank you for the plug about Startup on Ramp. I'll mention a little <laughs> bit later in this episode when the next Startup on Ramp starts as well. 
So just finally then, Ellen, obviously we've learned a lot about you and people may want to learn a bit more about you though and particularly find out a bit more about uh, self-care for teachers and they might want to listen to the Teacher Wellbeing podcast and they might also be interested in Perk Digital, which I'm just going to say it because I didn't get it right at the beginning why it's called <laughs> Perk Digital, but it's podcast by Ellen Ronalds Keane. P-E-R-K. I think that's really cute. Anyway, so, (laughs) but um, people may want to know more about you. So how can they, how can they find you? Where can they find you? Mm. Uh, Yeah, well, um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll I'll give you the link for that, Joy. You can pop it in the show notes. Um, I'm a bit, still a bit new to LinkedIn, but I would love to get in touch that way. Uh, um, And perkdigital.com.au is uh, where you can go for all that podcast related support. um, And then on the self-care for teachers front, selfcareforteachers.com.au is the website and the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast is available on all good podcast apps um, and I'm at self-care for teachers on Facebook and Instagram. So I would love it if you would share it with any teachers that you know and I have had, uh, you know, a few friends and things who are not teachers listen to the podcast and say they found it really valuable. So even if you're not a teacher and you're, but you're interested in personal well-being, I think you would find it. Uh, valuable as well Um, but yes please share it with any teachers that you know and uh, of course if you're interested in supporting my crowdfunder for the next season of the podcast as well uh, you can find info about that at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast there's a range of options including you know donations like a crowdfunder but also sponsorship options and um, yeah the main way that you can help uh, me is to share my work with teachers that you know because um, I think they're integral parts of the community and, uh, you know, we want to make sure that they're okay so that they can continue looking after our kids. Exactly. And speaking of kids, that's a really good point. My youngest child is in her first year of um, university studying Mm. education. So I think I'm going to just add it to her playlist of her podcast (laughs) so she can get the information right from the beginning and hopefully um, avoid some of the the known pitfalls of, um, of looking after yourself. That will be great. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I really hope that anyone who is listening that is certainly a teacher or knows someone who is um, does share that information. I think, as Ellen said, that's the most important part is that it gets in front of the right people who you know need that information, need to be listening, and perhaps um, if they're looking for that community, need to be joining that community. Thanks so much for being with us and also thank you for the encouragement and support to make Ideas into Reality podcast a reality as well. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Joy. So in this week's startup lesson, we're going to talk about a tool that I really love to use. It's called a validation board. There's a few different varieties of them, but one that I like is the one by Lean Startup Machine. And I'll share a link to it in the show notes so you can go and grab a copy of that yourself. But the reason I like this, and it was actually raised in Ellen's uh, interview today, was that it does focus on validation. And that's one of the steps that we find new startups often miss. So this particular tool helps break it down as well into realising that validation doesn't happen in just one step. It happens in a series of events that usually take place over a period of time. The other really important part about the validation process is recognising the fact that you're making assumptions and that's all you can do to start with. You don't have all of the facts yet because you haven't actually done it yet. But it's taking that time 
to actually sit down and reflect on what am I assuming. It can be around whether someone will do something, whether they believe something, whether they will act and and how they will act. All of those things that we think are usually based on our own experience and what we would do or what we have done or perhaps what we've seen happen in the past. But finding out whether people will actually do something now in this moment is also really, really important. So on the validation board, there's a few key things that you will do. One is state who you believe your customer is and you'll create a hypothesis around that customer and the situation that they're in. You'll also create a hypothesis about the problem that that particular customer has. And one important thing to think about here, and we'll cover this in another lesson, is actually breaking apart even your customer into the different types of customers because they probably each have a unique view of that problem. So looking at what is that problem and then working out what are all my assumptions about that, about the customer and about the problem and the interaction of what's happening at this point in time. So then once you've got those assumptions listed that you have, it's working out, okay, if one of those things is really critical to this whole process actually being viable, what is it? And if it falls over, the whole thing is not worth working on. So if you can identify that riskiest assumption and then work out a method of actually testing that, as well as some of the other assumptions that will come along as byproducts, and some might be quite important as well. But if that riskiest one is not valid, then it's time to either make a small iteration or a large pivot or just stop, depending on what it is. And some of those assumptions actually can be about yourself and your willingness or ability to drive this idea forward. So having a method, how you actually uh, will test that assumption can come in a variety of ways and and on the uh, on the validation board when you print that out, you'll see they suggest things like exploration, uh, pitching or a concierge process and we might talk about those in some later lessons as well. But the other really important thing is to actually set a minimum success criterion for the experiment because if we don't set that at the beginning, it can just kind of keep going forever. Oh, I've talked to five people or I've talked to 10 people or I've run this experiment 50 times. If you've set a success criterion at the beginning, you might know, okay, well, if you've run that experiment 50 times, what were you expecting to come out of it? Were you expecting that half of the interactions would prove the the situation to be true? Or were you expecting only 5%? And there's no right or wrong in that, but it's making that decision at the beginning and then evaluating, analysing and making decisions consciously about how and when you're going to move forward and how and when you're going to change. So if you haven't checked it out, I really encourage you to do that. And if validation of your idea is something that you're a little bit concerned about and not really sure how to approach it, then that's something that we can help you with through either one-on-one coaching sessions or through some of the programs that we run here at Canvas Coworking. So good luck with this next step of your journey and we look forward to hearing about it as you progress. Are you feeling inspired and ready to take action to turn your idea into reality? If the answer is yes, but, 
then perhaps you might want to check out our upcoming program, Startup OnRamp, specifically designed for startup founders who are at the beginning of their startup journey, including those who currently have a day job and want to make the transition from employee to founder. Over 12 weeks, you're guided through the essential steps to validate your idea so you can learn whether it's worth spending any more time, money or energy on it. So jump online at canvascoworking.com.au forward slash startup dash onramp for more details if you believe that this is the right time for you to get some help to start turning your idea into reality. Now, if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it's actually released, being the 11th of May 2020, uh, we invite you to come and join us this evening if you're interested in finding out more about the programs that happen at Canvas Coworking and in particular the ones that are coming up over the next couple of months. We've got an information session on this evening at 7pm online via Zoom, so feel free to find us on Facebook and find the link and come join us to get some more details on what is happening. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Ideas into Reality episode, and we hope that you enjoyed learning about our founder's journey and got a couple of takeaways from the lesson learned that will help end the flames of your idea. Assuming you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app and let your friends know too they might just be sitting on an idea that you do not even know about yet. You can find out more about Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba by visiting our websites, canvascoworking.com.au and startuptoowoomba.com.au or finding us on pretty much any social media platform. My name is Joy Taylor and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey and I look forward to introducing you to our next guest in our next episode.